y'all. Welcome to season six. Season six of This Most Unbelievable Life. I'm Sherry Spiegel. I'm Paul Fitzgerald. We're glad you're here. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Mm. Hello, Paul Fitzgerald. Hello, Dr. Spiegel. How are you? I'm well. Uh, I'm really getting used to not having to push a button at the beginning of our podcast anymore. Yeah, that's a different different uh, phenomena that we're enjoying here. Yeah. This is a different way of uh, doing the podcast, and this is the uh, second week in a row we recorded this way. Right in front of each other. Yeah, this way is like we're here in person. In person. Um, so it's, gear's a little different. Um, we don't have the Zoom mixer. We have a little mini Zoom, the H6. Yes. Got a couple of... 58s mm-hmm. that live here now. They live here. <laughs> uh, and uh, this is how we're doing it now. And it's it's a lot of fun. Yep, it's it is. It's just nice. What I like is that you still do the one, two, three countdown. Yeah, I do. It's like, I don't need to do that anymore. But it's so uh, so baked into me at this point. Because yeah. that was a year and four months. Habits. year and five months, we one, two, three. Boom. Well, it was really a year because the first year we were just recording on Zoom. Yeah. Right, like using Zoom uh, to record. And then as we started to, I think, appreciate um, the duration mm-hmm. of this event, we, uh, I guess that the, our technology over the over the course of the podcast has reflected our uh, coming to terms with the realities of how long this was going to be. Yeah. I think it's like, well, if this is we're going to do it, we might as well do some upgrades to make this as good as we can do it. Right. Like I'm starting to think in my office, I need some foam padding. I've thought that myself. Have you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have thought that too. Right. Because oh. these walls are uh, flat and industrial. They are. They're delightful walls. They do they do the work of walls very well. Yes. You know, the, the sound bounces around. Yeah. that's. I have this blank more. wall in my office. And last week I was asking you what I should do with it. And you had great advice. <laughs> Which was to keep to the wall. Keep the wall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of my finer, more genius moments. Um, but in my, uh, I find that in my uh, my space at home where I record, it's like I don't have tile. I don't have acoustic tiles up. I don't have like a carton on the wall. It's like why don't I get an echo in there? It's like I have so much crap piled in that space. It's like there, <laughs> there's nothing that exists at a right angle to the microphone. So uh, it, it it's more of a it's not uh, it's not acoustic tiles so much as it is a you know radar proof no yeah. no flat angles to anything right it's almost right out of a abstract painting in there yeah you do have a few items in yeah your- I got some stuff I got some stuff and some of it is migrated back in I mean now that I'm back on campus a couple of days a week you know some of the stuff is unmigrated yes some of the stuff that I took home you know to have with me there has made its way back. Um, and I'm fighting over this last week, and I, I had my very first in-person class today mm-hmm. in a year and a half. Yeah. Um, where I was actually on campus, and students were in front of me, all masked up, mm-hmm. all masked up, and uh, we learned, we, we celebrated learning together in a, in a space. I would say a confined space, but it's not confined. It's a big room, and we're all spread out. Labs are good like that. You know, it's like everybody's nice and spread out when they are, where there are with, when there's not a pandemic, everybody's still spread out. So it's, right. it's, a, it's a pretty, you know, we, we, we can never say COVID-proof or anything like that. But it's, a, it's, it's pretty spaced out. And everybody's respectful. Everybody's wearing a mask. Everybody just wants to do their thing 
you know, and it was, it was great. It was interesting. A yeah. lot of, I realized, and then I'll stop after my five minute roll here and let somebody else say something. <laughs> um, I can interrupt it when anytime. I, yeah, yeah. When I, when I began class, um, I immediately did all the exact same things that I do at the beginning of class from a year and a half ago that I haven't done in a year and a half. It's like, boy, those habits bake in mm-hmm. and they bake in hard. I was back in a native teaching environment for all the 15 seconds before I started immediately my baked in process from a year and a half ago. It's like I did the same things in the same order. I said the same things. I welcomed people the exact same way. It's like it could have been yesterday. Yeah. It could have been yesterday when I taught the last time. Yeah. Not a year and a half. It was interesting. So does that feel like, does that feel, how does that feel? How would you, like, is it, is it good? Is it? Well, I asked my students the exact same thing, right? Um, as they as they left, it's like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Give me two words. What do you feel right now? And they all said good and cold. Those yeah. were the two, because it's like, it's a meat locker over there in that building. <laughs> they keep it cold over there uh, where those labs are. And I say it's good because it keeps you from falling asleep. Um, yeah. But uh, it, they, they liked it. I think they were good. I mean, I was good with it. Um, I may have been reminded at multiple times throughout that lab how much uh how much energy one burns yeah when teaching on their feet yes you 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 remember that last you were you were remembered of that last week indeed i was indeed. remembered of that today yes and it's like man these things wear you out you know like I, my my watch has already vibrated it's ten thousand steps you know it's like mercy it's only two o'clock. Right. Yeah. It's a lot easier to get those steps in. I, I definitely have realized that. I also walk around campus a lot more in that. Like earlier today, I took a a walk through to figure out tour. where your lap was just, tour, to, yeah. just to, just to know so I can haunt you later. Um, but yeah, it clocks up pretty quickly. It's interesting. The space you're in really does shape things. And so I've been teaching my mystery class for mm-hmm. a, you know, I don't know, the last five years. Um, there, the last two times I taught it, I taught it online. And then before that, I taught it in a theater room. Mm. And it's amazing how just... I think I remember that. Yeah. You were in the black box, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. you were in the black yep. box theater, yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, I think you came and visited the last class Yeah, I think I, I did. Yeah, I think it was because it was like, it was the day after. It was on the Friday right before spring break. Yep. And it's like, yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, and so that class had like a chaise lounge in the front, yeah. right? You know, um, so today I was back in a classroom with a chalkboard for the first time mm. in a really long time. Right. Um, right. And so there, there was a class activity um, that came out of me today that I haven't used in probably two years. But the, the room was right. The conditions were right. How could we not? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and the best thing about that classroom is, uh, there's a bucket of chalk in there. Oh, nice. It's amazing. It's nice. So then I'm not the only one using the chalk. Why would I be? Yeah. Why would you be? Do yeah. you, do you, so you, you find when you're in the classroom these last couple of times you have that you like really are reminded or are remembered of the habits that you had in the classroom? It's like when, when you walk in the door, do you still go through like a process or the same ways of 
bringing yourself to the classroom? Do, you, do those feel the same from a year and a half ago? Because you had a year and a half off too. It's that, true. You know, it's funny because they do, and yet I find myself resisting certain patterns. Like, I mean, we remember the year, the semester I was teaching, and I was having a miserable time. Right. So during that span of time, I used a lot of technology in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So there's this weird thing I do. Regardless of what my class plan is for the day, I go into the classroom and I turn on the computer. Yeah. Like it's the first right, thing I do. Right, right, right. Um, and I mean, that is useful because if I do decide to use the computer, I need to know if it's not working. Um, but nothing I had planned today required any technology except for a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I turn it on just because it's that's what we do. Right. Um, right. Yeah, there's a lot of that. How about you? Yeah, I used a bit um, just because of the way that I'm doing my labs. Um, I use the projectors and the te- and the flat screens to show like conversions and a procedure of a thing that we're doing or yeah. whatever whatever it might be. But yeah, I used to do that. Um, you walk in, you turn the you turn the the computer in the room on and make sure that the projector works and all of that. Um, Without thinking about it, really. Mm-hmm. I, I used to do that, too. And it's like as if that was the centerpiece of the experience we're all going to have. And it's like, of course, students feel like they want to take notes all day. Of course, they get their notebooks out when they sit down in a classroom because that's what that's the condition they've been placed in for as long as they can remember. Because I guarantee that most professors, faculty, teachers, whatever, you know, probably high school on up. The first thing they do is turn the computer on and log in when they get into when they get into the room. Right. You know, thus using that piece of equipment and a fine piece of equipment it is, you know, to to unlock the door to the day's activities. And so, I mean, you notice this about me before the pandemic hit. He goes to class with a piece of chalk and that's it sometimes, you know. Sometimes I have my my bag of stuff, which is like a couple of Nerf footballs, some plastic floating like ducks uh in like some racquetballs and some tennis balls it's like sometimes i need props i don't know what i'm gonna need we'll see when i get there (laughs) right so it's a a piece of chalk and a bag of junk and it's like we'll 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 make something out of this whatever it is we're talking about today we'll make it out of this Uh let's macgyver ourselves a class together and i still would of course use the 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 projector and the computer when it was appropriate but not every conversation we need to have requires technological intermediates. Well, and so that's the thing that I'm really realizing. Like, if this class needs a lot of technology, why are we doing it on campus? Shh. You can't ask that. You oh. Can't ask that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you pick at that lie or you pick at that yeah. and uh, you, the rabbit hole. Go- you pick at that and the rabbit hole goes all the way down. And I think I mixed three metaphors there. I think you did as well. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's, I mean, but that's the question. That's the question, though. Yeah. It's like in... We we when the pandemic started, we had what two 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 extra days to pivot to Zoom and pivot we did, mm-hmm. and that's when everybody was saying the first thing people said is wow this stinks, and the next thing was like wow we could have been doing this all <laughs> yeah. all along right instead of instead of us all driving for a half an hour to have this meeting, we can just do it on Zoom and it's just fine and it takes half the half the amount of time it did before so yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this before. It's like, what is gained by technology? What is lost by doing it that way? Is it always the thing that we feel like we need? Uh, for many people, it is the thing they feel like they need. For me, it oftentimes is the feel like I need. The feel like the, it feels like the thing that I need. You know, and 
sometimes just unconscientiously, um, I'm trying not to use violent metaphors, cutting that off or depriving yourself of it, right? Conscien- releasing yeah, it. Con- consciously releasing yourself of, of that being something that you do. Yeah. What happens? What, what, else, what else emerges? What else was waiting in the wings for an opportunity to take the stage for how we present ourselves to the world. And this is, we're talking about academics here, but this is everything. This isn't just like a classroom thing. Yeah. Well, there's so much that like I'm noticing that I did because that's what I did. Yeah. Right. And so now like I'm spending a lot of time thinking about, well, where did that, where did the rules that I have for myself come from? Um, Even so this morning when I was getting dressed, like I put on, I put on a dress and I was just super uncomfortable. And I was like, why am I wearing this? Like, and it looked like an outfit I would have worn to teach and a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, and then like my husband was like, well, why don't you change? And I was like, well, the only jeans I have clean are like ones with holes in them. And I can't. And then I was like, wait. Yeah. I was about to say, hang on a second. So right now I'm wearing jeans. With holes in them. Yeah, interestingly, I, I immediately, it's like, I, did, I didn't even think about it this morning. It's like, I have class for the first time in a year and a half, and it's going to be in person. I'm going to drive to campus. It's like within two minutes after that, I'm wearing jeans and a black t-shirt and gray tennis shoes. And it's like, I a year and a half of spiritual growth and mindful practice and all this huge stuff. I've gone through and within two minutes of being back in the same routine, I put the exact same outfit on that I wore before. It's like, well, here we are all trusty trying to. But on the other hand, it's like it, it felt comforting yeah. stepping into that into this outfit knowing that that's what I was going to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's like jeans and a black t-shirt and some comfortable shoes just feels right for the activity in which I'm about to engage. Right. And, you know, it, it can be doing it without thinking about it. And then really taking the time to investigate and consider what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it and what feels right and what we want to keep and what we want to let go. And sometimes we end up doing the exact same thing and that's fine. Right. You know, right. That, that doesn't have to be a sign of, you know, any anything at all. I mean, it doesn't have to be an indictment of your lack of creativity or, oh my God, I can't believe it's been a year and a half. Why are you still wearing this? It's like, it feels right. Yeah. Feels like a thing to do. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's it's comforting for me when I'm teaching to wear a black t-shirt and jeans because I I feel like teacher Paula when I wear that now. Yeah. Well, and it's it's not a cage. You know, right? Like you're not locked into it. You know you have other options. In fact, yeah. I believe yesterday you taught, yes. Yeah, yeah, on Zoom. And yeah, I believe Zoom. yesterday you wore a white shirt. Yeah, I was wearing white. I've been I've been wearing white at home lately for a couple of reasons. Um, not the least of which is they're comfortable and it's been really hot and they're really thin and nice. And I like those white shirts. It's fun to wear white on Zoom because I have a white wall that I'm up against. So I just look like a floating head in space. So it's <laughs> it's it's fun to blend in like that. I don't know. It's something different. Yeah. But it's like when I was going, going back to in person, it's like black t-shirt, jeans. It's like when I'm in a classroom, it's like, this is what you're going to get. And if I wore something fancier, if I wore like pants and a button up shirt, um, that would require me to go on a stage somewhere because that's what I wear. That's right. what public stage Paul wears. Well, and there's also like you're in a lab for three to six hours. Yeah, you got to be comfortable. You know, so yeah, there's like. When you're on, when you know you're going to be on your feet for three hours with two different sections, 
in a, in a bio lab. Com- comfortable is good. Yeah, because those floors are, I mean, all they're the floors around here, they're rock yeah, hard. They're yeah, rock hard. I mean, it's it doesn't look like concrete. It, it's whatever the safety lab floor kind of, not, but it's like it's concrete right underneath it it's yeah. like that's a no it, it, that might actually be a concrete it's they're they're hard floors yeah and after a couple hours it's like you can first you can feel it in your knees and then you feel it in your hips and then you feel it in your back and then you feel it in your neck and it's like uh that's actually brutal you know usually that's my experience like the first week back teaching like that is like the feeling that i've been on my feet for hours is yeah. what comes through me first um this semester, that's not true because I only teach one class a day mm. um, because I'm doing hybrids, right. um, which is kind of the best of all worlds. But, um, you know, but tomorrow I might wear that dress. Who knows? Yeah. Right? Like, it's not yeah. like I'm locked into having to wear um, jeans. But it is interesting the things that the mind thinks about. Like, it's so quickly I can get into the I have to because. Yeah. And then when you really inspect the because, it's like. Hmm. and there's the shoulds and there's the identity stuff comes in it's like it's a it's 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 curious yeah how we put ourselves into that and kind of like like i said it can be done without thinking about it or sometimes when it's done by careful consideration it ends up being kind of the exact same thing it's like cool awesome right interesting well it's kind of interesting because we before we started recording we talked about this episode lightly being possibly something where we talk about the cages we put ourselves in Mm -hmm. right and and maybe it's the cages we find ourselves in because i don't think we always intentionally put ourselves uh yeah i would say that's true yeah i'll say that's Um, true but we've had some conversations lately about dear humans that we know uh who we feel like maybe and sometimes it's us um who put put themselves in particular cages and don't realize that they're the ones monitoring the door yeah it only feels like it's your own fault in hindsight it's like when you're going through your day you never do i think i'm going to put myself in this position and it's going to be really hard to get out of hmm i'm going to go ahead and do that now i mean nobody does that right you know nobody does that it's like we we find ourselves in these situations more than we put ourselves in these situations so it's the the glorious uh, benefit of hindsight and judgment that mm-hmm. gives us the opportunity to sort of poop on ourselves by by blaming ourselves for being there. Right. You know, because when you were in the moment of it, you did nothing wrong. You know, it was just in hindsight, it's like, hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm tying this outcome back to this thing. You know, and I can now clearly see that there were alternatives that I could have done. Why didn't I do those? It's like, well, they weren't alternatives at the time. Right. You know, had you had you had those alternatives available to you, of course you would have done them. You know, but that that's not how any of this works. Yeah. You know, so I think about this from the perspective of should you find yourself in a, <laughs> in a in a box, in a prison, in a closet, in a whatever that you put yourself into, or you you find yourself in, mm-hmm. you know, rather than you know, sort of beating ourselves up on how stupid we were for getting there and what you know we did everything wrong and why am i doing this to myself like blah 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 right huh this is interesting yeah curious you know it's like what what can we just kind of I, I mean i told my students so many times today when they were trying to get stressed out about uh moving the decimal point and converting between units it's like just stop 
just like just stop for a second well it's like quit thinking about it i like the way that you put that like you told your students when they were trying to get stressed out yeah they were it's like they 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 put a lot of effort into that into getting into getting stressed out well because it's it's habitual right like i'm in a I'm in a college class or I'm in a classroom. I'm in a science class. What do I do when I'm in science class? I get stressed out. Mm-hmm. And so that's the cage. Yeah. They And this being the first day of class with you, you did not have to invite them into that cage. They stepped into they it. They stepped into it either willingly or Without even knowing they were stepping into right. it. And some of them brought their own cages. And oh, you're yeah, like, yeah, that's sure. not needed here. Yeah, sure. And they're it, still like, out, no, no, there, no, no. Out there. Yeah. They all did. You know, and, you know, I, I, I'd probably be, be, be lying if I said I didn't do the same thing. You know, it's like, I don't see my black t-shirt, my jeans, and my gray tennis shoes as sort of a cage I put myself. It's like, they actually are tools that serve me well mm-hmm. in this environment. Um Yet, when learning um, how to convert from one unit from inches into centimeters or Fahrenheit into Celsius or whatever it might be, I've not found um, that cage that they find themselves in to be a helpful one. Right. You know, um, and uh, everybody's just trying to do things right. I mean, that's the one question I get more than anything else in every one of my classes is, is this right? Yeah. Could you look at this? Is this right? Is this right? Did I do this right? Yeah. Is this right? You know, and it's like uh, the there's a a a cathedral of anxiety and stress built as a monument to is this right? Yeah. Well, and and that's the problem too is I think it starts in the classroom and then it it comes out and it goes with you into the workforce and. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and it feeds over into other choices in life. Like, you know, oh, am I going to make the right choice about what to major in? Am I going to make the right choice about, you know, who to date or where to go on vacation? Like a lot of these things, there isn't a right choice. There's just like you make a choice. Yeah. And then you see how that goes. Um, You know, and maybe it's, you know, it's trickier with sciences where. You know, maybe there is an answer you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's one that, you know, show it to 10 scientists, you know, 10 out of 10 would say that that is correct or incorrect. <laughs> yeah. What the outcome is. Right. You know, um, for sure. But but when we focus on the outcome, we forget the journey to get there, right? And yeah. And so yeah. it's not just, did I get the right answer? It's, am I on the right path? Am I taking the steps to get... To a desirable place. Right, right. And and so that's, I mean, that's what I try to sort of talk to folks about. I, we, well, we both do. Yeah. I mean, this is the business of both of us, not just in the classroom, but in this this podcast with this most unbelievable life and the workshops that we do and the podcasts that we do and the classes that we, you know, all of that is, is this. Stop worrying about your answer so much. Just let it go. It's like, what if what if there was no way that you could do this wrong. Mm-hmm. All you could do is, you know, work through what's in front of you. Yeah. Completely dissociated, unattached. 
to the outcome of whether it's going to be right or wrong or what's going to happen because of that. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, what if you just, what, I mean, what if there's not a right answer or a wrong answer? What if, what if all it is, is just the process of what does this look like in front of me? And, you know, when we do that, a lot of times what we find out is those things that we thought were decisions are actually not decisions that we're making. Uh-huh. You never made a choice with, with is like, you're just doing this thing that's in front of you. And it, yeah, you know, um, one of my, one of my, students that I was talking to found great peace when I told her some of the most out there stuff you could ever possibly possibly hear, which is this worksheet that you're working on right now where you're converting all these units from one to another. You've already done it and you've already done a great job and they're already all correct. All you have to do is be present in the activity that we're doing in and just wait for it to happen. Just be patient. It'll get there. Don't do anything. Right? So where are we? What What's in front of us? And at the end of it, it was like, look, see, there you go. It's done and you did a great job and everything is right. You didn't have to do anything except be patient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You know, and how much of that is life though? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I have to get this right and I want to do this and how do I do this? Or it's like, you know what? Don't do anything. Don't do anything. It's already done. Let's just be patient and, and wait for it to show up. Well, it's... Everything's going to go the way it's going to go. Everything is, you know? You know, and that's, I can't, I can't even speak to the number of times that I've been talking to someone who was really stressed about something and how it was going to go. And we could spend like hours upon hours talking about how it's going to go. And then it happens and you're like, so how'd it go? Oh, it was fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of times that box we put ourselves into, if it feels like a prison or what, is our, our attempt to engineer a specific outcome. <laughs> right. But we're not actually feeling, magicians. Yeah. Feeling like it's our responsibility to do so, you know? Right. And, and I, I hear, I hear you. I, I mean, part of my brain says the exact same thing in response to that, which is, yeah, but isn't it? But isn't it? I mean, certainly nothing's going to happen if you just like lay around in bed all day and never do anything. And to that, I just reply, yeah, but are you going to do that? Sure. Well, the thing is, is you know, like. The answer is usually no, you're not. It's like, Okay. So what's the problem? Yeah, but even with that, like, okay, so you choose to lay in bed all day. Cool. How long is that going to last? Yeah. Right? Like. About a day. Right? (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, I don't know a lot of people who are concerned that that's what they were going to do and then just did that. And if they did, there might be like clinical diagnosis happening. Right. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And so that's separate. But like, barring that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting what the power we have to like open possibilities just by choosing what we're going to, how we're going to come to it. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. It's kind of like the, the activity that I ended up doing with my class today that I hadn't done in a while. I stole from uh, one of the, I used to call them the old timers, the people that yeah, yeah, yeah. like they've been at, had been at Nova since they were as young as I was. When oh, I they're old timers. Yeah. Yep. They're old timers. Um, the old so, guard. Yeah. Nerd. So I got this from Charlie Scarborough, where he used to do this specifically with a doll's house. But um, I do it with all the literature I teach, where Mm -hmm. you take a character and you tell them to come up with a list of adjectives and then come up with a list of nouns. Um, And then what you can do is when you start pairing those adjectives and nouns together, you can come up with ways of characterizing characters, right? Super standard. But the key thing with it is that no matter what words we choose, we're always still talking about the same character. Mm. And we're always still talking about the same text. The text doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Our perspective on the text changes, right. Right? right? And so we're reading Edgar Allan Poe's uh, Murder in the Rue Morgue. 
And the main character, Dupin, is, um, you know, is this guy who likes to hang out at night and close all the blinds and windows and doesn't go out a lot during the day. So when we do this activity, one of the groups puts on the board that he's a vampire. Seems legit, right? Seems legit. So we end up having a different conversation about the character if we call him an observant vampire than we do when we call him a analytical Parisian, right? Yeah, right. Two totally different conversations, right. same right. character. But the key thing is that the same thing is true of ourselves, Ooh. right? Like, so if we call ourselves, you know, a lazy student, that's one narrative. Yeah. Right? If yeah. we call yeah, ourselves, yeah. you know, a stressed out, um, you know, whatever uh, learner, then we'll live up to that. Well, yeah, we'll, we will achieve our... yeah our expectations for ourselves right when they're when when they go that way you know it's like um um for for sure and and i think there certainly is room for self and self reflection in in this and kind of paying attention to our tendencies both of us are you know have our students working through the habits of mind Mm -hmm. throughout the semester probably you know um and they both are enjoying that, I tell myself. We're both enjoying that investigation uh, as we speak. And um, we invite them we, to we, enjoy yeah, that. I invite you to enjoy this. I mean, but isn't that it though? It's like quit trying to be somebody and just like have fun in lab. It's like we're going to do some unit conversion. Awesome. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to have an opinion one way or another. You don't have to be attached to the outcome of it. I already, you're already done. We just have to wait for that to happen. I'm not looking at your answers anyway, so who cares? Let's just work through it and we're all going to converge on something and we'll see how we feel and where we get hung up and where it works and what we needed to get over there. And it's going to be fine. Right. You know, and it's going to be fine. Um, But I mean, going through that, going through that process of introspection where it goes to a point though, where we do say things about ourselves or to ourselves that aren't particularly kind um, as if somebody was whispering in our ear, that was a harsh critic saying, see, I told you that you couldn't blah, blah, blah. It's like I'll shut that shit down, right? A lot of times in the in the classroom, and you know, in my friends and in colleagues and things like that. It's like we can tell ourselves all kinds of things, and we can be we can struggle with stuff, and we can find out where we still need to do a little work, and we can find out what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong and that kind of stuff. But um, we don't need to do that. I'm pulling yeah. the plug on that. It's like no, we don't need to do that. <laughs> well, it's funny because right before we started recording, we were having a conversation about our podcast. And yeah, the subject of my voice on the podcast came up and yeah. you shut you shut down what has been a preemptively <laughs> shut down right like so i have a tendency dear listeners to refer to my voice as shrill um and that doesn't help anyone feel the way she wants to feel. no it doesn't help anyone you yeah. know it doesn't help anyone um and it, it's it may be not even true i don't know that's the closest um, we got to an admission that that may not actually be a factual statement though yeah, I'm trying That's to... That's fantastic. You know, what was you, that you said, Sherry? Uh, you, you I just forget. It's, I didn't quite hear it. Um, you said that might not be true? Other people may not <laughs> experience my voice in this way. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, I know where that comes from, though. I mean, and I think a lot of the cages we put ourselves into, if we really get quiet and and really spend time with it, you can, you can find the... You can figure out when you first walked in the door mm-hmm. of that cage. Oh, right? yeah. Right, right, right. And sometimes you can discover who who escorted you in. Right. Right? Um, 
Because sometimes you are escorted into that. Yeah. <laughs> escorted into that. It's not always you just putting yourself in. It's like sometimes you were helped. Right. You and, know? you know, it's like with your students that are in science lab and they're stressed out because that's that's been an experience they've had. And it's the first day of class. And so far, they have no reason, except for all the reasons you're about to try to give them. Yeah. Um, they have no reasons to, to do anything else. Um, they could probably name the science teacher that walked them into that. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know, and I mean, that first day of, of lab, it's like, let's learn biology, but it's more like, let's investigate shared trauma <laughs> from past experience we've had that look like this, that may yeah. have happened in a room like this, where you were asked to do things that seem kind of like this. How How is this similar and how can things be different if we if we can put some... What, how can we condition this occurrence to be one that does not yeah. reinforce that, you know? And what do we need to do? And what people find is like, I, I need to not bring, it's, it's the expectation of how well this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Predisposes the outcome yeah, more than anything else. It's not, it's like how it actually goes is irrelevant to the expectation that we bring in in driving the outcome. Yeah. 100%. It- it's interesting because earlier today I was having a conversation with a shared student, um, one who is still my student, but is your former student. Um, They're always our students forever. That's true. It's true. Office hours never close. Office hours never close. Yeah. Um, except in my case at noon they do. But yeah, yeah. Right, right. And today at four they do because yeah. we're in a we middle of a hurricane. To, yeah, actually. we have to. Vacate the premise. There's a hurricane outside. But yeah, so we were talking, and she hopes to be a teacher. Um, Hi, Mariah. Um, So she hopes to be a teacher, and so she was asking me about, like, how as you grow as a teacher, you know, you hopefully learn that you're going to do things differently in the classroom moving forward, right? And so she was basically asking, like, whether or not I feel shame for those first students that I taught. Right? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. That's a good um, question. I'll tell you how I'm thinking about it, but I'm curious your answer. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe a little. You know, yeah. it was like, ooh. You know, I feel like going back on occasion and saying, look, th- you were my first. It's fine. You know, it's like no permanent damage was done to anybody, I don't think. But, you know, m- my class now would probably look a little different than it did then. I don't know if it's shame. You know, it's um, uh, I, I do things differently now than I did for 13 whatever years ago yeah. um, and I do feel a little bit of uh, not not remorse like well, maybe a little sorry for my my first couple of classes because it's like I knew nothing you know for the for it and, and it's I knew nothing in the exact same way that um, that our shared student is asking that question um, I was trying to be a teacher mm-hmm. yeah well, you know and it's like and this is what teachers do and this is how they do it so I'm going to walk in and I'm going to fire up the computer I'm going to turn the projector on I'm going to log in I'm going to bring up my well what is classes an hour and 10 minutes long so that's 85 slides that sounds about right so <laughs> <laughs> and here we and go right now I'm like oh boy you know it's like fun fact you're lucky if you get through like 10 in, yeah. a, in, a, on a, in a good day so or you um, might get through them but no one else has gone with you yeah and we started this this whole conversation yeah right um, we started this conversation by saying at this point it's just showing up with a bag of toys and some chalk <laughs> you know so it's yeah. like it, I've, I've changed a lot of, and I'm curious to how those students then would react to my teaching now if I have them. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm still connected to a few of uh, the students that had me my yeah. very first semester yeah. and that have been connected to me throughout. And I think if I were the same teacher that I was those first semesters, 
then I would feel shame. Yeah. But I'm not. And and one of the things that I said is that somewhere along the the way, I think I realized my job really isn't teaching, mm-hmm. right? Like my like I facilitate a learning environment. Um, but students are going to learn what yeah. they're going to learn. They're going to learn something. Almost in spite of their teacher, right? Yeah. Sometimes in spite of their teacher. But, you know, so I had students who thrived that semester and I had students that struggled that semester. And this semester I will have students who thrive and I will have students who struggle. And the great joy is that I think I still get to come along on the journey. Yeah, right. And I think I am a better right. travel companion now than I was. Oh, for sure. I know I am. I know I am. Um, for sure. And um, yeah, it's like I, I find that the less the less I try to be a teacher, the more people learn. Yeah. It, yeah. Because I mean, I just have this image in my head about what teachers do. And it's like it it's based on things that look not like the things that look like the things that happen when students learn things. That makes sense. It's like it did to me. You know, it's like if it's like the less teaching I do, the more learning they do. Yeah. And vice versa, the more teaching I do, the less learning they do. Um, and I mean, here we are once again. You know, in the exact like literally the exact same environment that we were when we record the very first episode, missing the point. Looking out, I'm looking out of the same window. I'm sitting in the same chair, and you know, it's like. We're, we're talking about how we missed the point, uh-huh. you know, when we first started this. It's like the, the point is not to jam slides down students' throats and to make them memorize a lot of stuff. That seems like what our job is, though, you know, and yeah. if we if we attempted to do that, people would think that we were doing a good job yeah. because we were we would be fulfilling expectation of, you know, and, and the students who failed would think that we still did our job the way that we're supposed to. You know, because we did the things that look like what people are supposed to do, you know, and it's surprising how much the actual desired outcome, how far away that can be from what actually happens, but people still being okay with what actually happens. Yeah. You know? Well, it's so much. I'm thinking a lot about how much. All of that, like the performance of teaching, yeah, right? Like it feels like we're in a movie about teaching, but we're not actually teaching. Right. right. Like, um, yeah, like in that scenario that you describe, like the student is, maybe the student fails, but they look at you and they think, well, you did your teaching. Right. I just didn't do my studenting well. And a lot of times, I don't know. I just, maybe that's true, but I don't want to live in that world. I don't want to live in that either. It's like... You know, sometimes you, you get this you get this student who occasionally does learn a lot like that, you know. Um, I'm convinced that many faculty um, have an approach that resembles, you know, show some PowerPoints and and I mean I'm hey man, I used to do that all the time myself. So I'm right. not I'm not besmirching anyone here. Um, because they learn that way yeah. really well. And it's like they're just teaching the way that they learn well. And they learn, and, and however, the way that faculty learn well, it's like, it, it's hard to get a PhD. It's hard to be a teacher. It's hard to be a college professor. It's a skill set that's really challenging. It's an environment that's hard. It's a skill set that's hard. Um, it's it's not an easy path to walk, um, as, as, as few paths are. Right. You know, I'm not saying that it's particularly special in that regard. And the people who tend 
to um, become that in their lives are the people who are really good at learning through reading a textbook yeah. and, and PowerPoints. And it's like, and they're, they're just teaching the way that they learn well. And it turns out at every step along the way, they become more and more unicornish rare. Right. And it's like, they're doing this because they learned that way because it was college. But it turns out very few people actually learn that way. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, are we promoting the wrong traits when we find in higher faculty well you know it's like does that mean that somebody's doing something wrong or is it just the outcome determines itself based on what the activity is and what the expectations are yeah i'm not sure i don't you know i don't know i'm not sure i'm not going to answer that question how's that um, yeah that's probably wise but i think <laughs> yeah, right? I, don't, I don't know if i want to know the answer to that question you know well and maybe it varies by hiring committee and year in some ways yeah, but right. um you know i think that i don't have to teach that way because i know someone is yeah right, right. and if that's a way that people right. learn like that's the nice thing about knowing that textbooks exist you don't have to teach like a textbook because you know teach books textbooks exist, yeah right right and so i don't know sometimes i just think i know those formats exist i know the kind of english teacher that's gonna read your paper with a red pen and correct every grammar concern right i refuse right. to use the word mistake right um that english teacher exists so i don't have to be that one Right. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like there's no sense in wanting to grow up to be, you know, um, I don't know, like Brene Brown. Like, I don't have to want to grow up to be her because that's already taken. Yeah. The job's right? been filled. Job's been filled. So there are other kinds of English teachers that I can be. So I choose to be this one. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, there's some freedom to that. But, you know, the thing that is really profound for me that I'm coming into the classroom with big and maybe bigger than I have in the past, is like, hello, we are all going to be humans. And let's see what happens when we're humans. Yep, let's do that first. Doing, we are humans doing learning. Right. And I'm a human doing teaching. Like, I keep telling my classes, like, sometimes I'm going to get behind on your grading because I don't grade when I'm in a bad mood. I've done that many times. I've said, you know what, I'm not going to grade this in a bad mood. Nobody's going to win. No. And it doesn't help. Like, I can't be the teacher I want to be, right? Like, I can tell when I'm reading writing and I'm not curious and interested in the human being that wrote it, I probably need a snack. Yeah, yeah grading would be easy if we were just looking for what's right and what's wrong, you know? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, though? Yeah. Wouldn't it? Um, yet, that's not what this is. So, um, that's not what I think it is. Anyway, or that's not the way that I want to engage with it you know, you I'm, know I'm trying to find the words that are closest to the to, to how i really feel about this you know and it's like i just don't want that to be the the way that i come to this yeah but you know, know science man mm -hmm. you could do that right like you could live a life of multiple choice tests graded by a, a machine that life could be lived i it don't know if I, I could not live it 
It's, it's yeah. not, you know, it's, it's not my life to live. Yeah. The job has been taken. <laughs> right, right. right, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> a job has been taken by someone else. Yeah. But I mean, but even with the, you know, there are some lessons, there are some things in life that are appropriate for technology and PowerPoint and a projector and there's some things that are not. There are some aspects of learning that are appropriate for a multiple choice test and a scanner. There are some things that are not. Do you, you know, know what I think and, is appropriate for a multiple choice test? What? A BuzzFeed quiz mm. about which uh, character from Hamilton are you? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I yeah, think that's, that's good. a yeah, good that's use good. of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a good one. Um, I think I think not the best use is some of these answers are wrong and one of them is right. Find the right one. <laughs> it's the it's most like boring scavenger. Yeah, hunt. yeah. It's like I've, ne- I've never I've never found that to be useful um, in, in anything that I'm interested in. So yes, I could be that teacher, but, uh, but I, but I am not. Well, I think know? it, and, it conditions people to focus on that right and wrong dichotomy. Yeah. And that's, and therein, that's the, that's the threshold that one crosses when entering into that prison, you know, is exactly, is exactly that, mm-hmm. that, you know, this is a thing and there's a right thing to do and there is a wrong thing to do. And it's up to me to, to figure out what the right one is. Mm-hmm. And I can make a mistake here and I can be wrong. Um, and so I better get this right or else there's going to be consequences. And, and once that's been baked in, that is hard to bake out, but it is not serving yeah. serving anyone, you know, because that's not really the way this goes. And for some, like the craziest thing, it's like all of a sudden this unit conversion and moving these decimals and all that kind of stuff, people ended up being really, really good at it. And they, it, became, it got really easy to them when they just stopped trying. Yeah. When they just when they just quit trying to move the decimal, the decimal moved itself. You know, and it's like, and it's like I was telling it. It's like you know, don't climb a mountain. You know, take one step, take one step after another. The mountain climbs itself. Mm-hmm. You find yourself at the top, and what did you do? You didn't do anything. You just took a couple of steps. You just took a step, and then you took another one. It's like do the exact same thing. Quit worrying about the answer. And and you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised as anyone when it shows up on the piece of paper in front of you. It's like yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm finding with a lot of the cages and the corners I back myself into. Like, you know, sometimes the the goal isn't to overcome all your fears. The goal is to try the handle on the door. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Like, where is this? anxiety about the decimal point coming from like it well, it's, it's thinking that the door is locked yes you know and that you're you are stuck there and you can't do anything about it yeah and you know i found i find the most interpersonal human growth and potential open up i mean this, that's why they call it unlocking potential mm-hmm. right it's because you know the door is not actually locked you just haven't tried it because you thought it was. It's big and it's iron and there's a big keyhole in it. And that guy outside has this big key. It's like, yeah, jiggle the door. See what happens. You know, it's like, are you locked in here? Is this a, is this a prison or is this a place that you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you'll get three hots in a cot in that prison cell. <laughs> it's true. You can be there your whole life. Right. Get three hots in a cot and uh, I don't know. Try the door. Yeah, try the door. Well, yeah, because I think part of it is trying out another perspective, right? And like, I think that's the metaphor here is try the door, try out something else, right? Um, You know, so much like thinking back about the activity I did in my class, like, 
you you identify as math challenged. Mm-hmm. That's one story. What else you got? Yeah. Right? Like, um, especially because I'm thinking so much about how college, you know, all through high school, like, I was really good at math and struggled with reading. Mm. Like, that's the story I told myself all the time. Um, And I've probably talked about this on this podcast before. Like, I always, like, identify with being a bad reader. Yeah, right. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And, like, I remember in my PhD work, I was talking to my good friend Sarah. And I was like, I'm never going to get past this this problem I have with reading. And she's like, well, what are you reading? And I was like, Michel Foucault. And she's like, yeah, if you're reading, like, Michel Foucault, who's, by the way, it's a translation from French into English... Like, that's not your reading. That's Michel Foucault. Yeah, yeah. Finnegan's right? Wake. You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah. It's... <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I'm really having a hard time with this novel. It's like, yeah. good Lord. Well, and when I really started to to unpack it, like, one of the things I realized is, like, I'm not a bad reader. I'm an anxious reader. Yeah. And so it's the same right. thing with your students right, right, that are right. worried about the decimal place. Like, when I would sit down to read, I would be so consumed with the idea that I wasn't going to understand. Right. That I wouldn't give myself a chance to understand. Yeah. Right. Um, and right. so what I've learned is strategies to, you know, basically overcome that little anxious woman that's like, oh, no, we're not going to yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'll do things like have Eric read me a page and then. Yeah. You said that the other day. What a strategy, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Nobody said that you had to be the one reading this. No, exactly. What? Yeah. What? That's, I was also telling my class today that I give them the audio companion to the first few texts <laughs> right. that we read. And I was like, you know, Paul Fitzgerald used to tell me that the audiobook wasn't reading, but I'm the English teacher. Yeah, right, I make up right. the rules. R- r- yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm particular like that. I don't know. You're coming around. Well, I mean, I do that with a couple of things, though. You know, I, I think meditation is still only meditation if you're sitting on a cushion and with perfect form. You know, and I, it's like I'm literally, I, I teach, you know, but it's like I know that's not true, but I still kind of, I mean, even still, though, I have this little well, it's not really meditation unless you're like sitting on a cushion and get your incense burner out and you have your blah, blah, blah. And yeah. your Buddha's facing 30 degrees to the left, you know? And it's like, I, I mean, I still have this, what is the the right way, wrong way to do stuff. And teaching is the same yeah. with that. You know, I, I still think that I'm teaching the wrong way, but boy, students, students sure do learn a lot when I do it this way and a lot more than when I did it the right way, you know? Right. So it's, it's like, it takes this willful mindset to... To sort of, that is a more comfortable way for me to satisfy the expectation that I have for myself on what the right way to do it is. I'm not going to do that. Right. Right. I'm going to do it this other way that I actually have have you, and we can say that feels right to me. We could also say is born out of 13 years of seeing what works and what doesn't. Uh-huh. That's, you know, just like putting on a, a pair of jeans and a black t-shirt. It it's it it feels like I should be using a PowerPoint and lecturing at them, mm-hmm. but I know it doesn't do the thing. It doesn't. The magic isn't worked. Yep. By that, yeah. not the magic that I'm interested in. Right. By the way, other magic might work. You might find the magic of nobody coming to your class any longer. You might. It's a disappearing <laughs> act. It's a disappearing <laughs> act. Yeah, they don't come to lecture anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's not the magic I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm, I'm I'm interested in a different one, and that looks different. 
and it doesn't look like I thought it would. And, you know, I, the solution to being a better teacher didn't, didn't result in me, me doing that stuff more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think I've spent a lot of time being locked into the cage of what I ought to do as a teacher. Yeah. And it's funny because I think it came in a lot of forms. Like it came from what my field was saying, like that good writing teachers do, what my department might say, what the textbook says. Um, and so all of those things are valuable resources to listen to, but uh -huh. nothing is more instructive than the humans in front of me. Yeah. Um, and so the more I jiggle that handle and realize, you know, there's something else. I have 28 fantastic teachers that I see, you know, in my classroom. You know, at a time? At a time. Yeah. All at once, right? And it's good to learn from them. Yeah. It's good to learn from them. It is. Um, yeah. Goodness knows. I mean, I, I sure don't have the answers, you know. Um, they're there to tell me what the answer is. That's kind of the approach that I sort of take to it. But again, this goes through everything. This is not just a teaching thing. This is... You know, any any situation we find ourselves in, I think, is, you know, what's the expected way to do this? And is this is this the way that I bring myself to it? We're all yeah. different with this. And I can I can find myself in that cage, you know, just based on the cages that we were in, you know, that looks a lot like this one. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, you know, I need to imprison people in the same way that I was imprisoned. And it's mm -hmm. like, or don't or don't encourage them to jiggle the door yeah. and see it's like and you again you might walk around and find out you know what that cage of jeans a black t-shirt and gray tennis shoes it's a pretty good cage I'm gonna, it's not <laughs> it bad. doesn't even feel like a cage there's a chalange it does have a mini fridge yeah. you know it does uh you know there's a taco bell neck down the street you know it's like that's a pretty good cage you know i, I would go so far as to hesitate to call it a cage mm -hmm. it's more of a circus tent you know <laughs> right. that i that i cheerfully enter you know, in the hopes of seeing a, 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 a an entertaining act performed, and more more times than not, I do. Yeah. You know. Um, well, I mean, so so it becomes a question of whether that is a cage or if it's just like it's more like scaffolding. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, support support structure. Yeah, like there are some things we can do just to lighten the load, um, but it's when that cage becomes. I don't know. When you realize the airflow isn't so good. Yeah, right. right. Like, well, it's like a golfer's glove, right? Where do you wear the glove? It's like you golf better when you wear it. It's like, mm. yeah, you don't need it, but you, you, it's, it's, it's part of habit. Yeah. It's part of culture. It's part of role. It might be part of your endorsement deal. It's part of, you know, your swing at this point. It, and, you know, you, you keep putting it on. It's like, all right, yeah. cool. Well, and it's, I it's, should... It's what is done when engaging in this activity. Yeah, and I should it's say what's that... Done. While I have not, I did not wear the dress I was planning to wear today, I did wear a blazer and I wore a blazer yeah, Friday. You did, yeah, you did that the other day too. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something like no one here says I have to wear a blazer, but I like a blazer. It's yeah. useful. Um, I like to be able to roll up my sleeves and to have pockets. Yeah, I like the inside pocket. Yeah. I like the inside pocket. Mine don't have it. Because it looks cool pocket. putting things in that inside pocket and taking things out of it. You open your jacket. It's like, let me get that in my pocket. Huh. You know, the blazer I wore today does not have a pocket. The one I wore Friday is new. And now I'm curious if it has an inside pocket. Ooh. This might, I never thought to look for one. Um, if it doesn't, you can always have somebody stitch one in for That's you. That's true. See, as a woman, I'm just so used to accepting any pocket I get on my garments. I've not had that problem. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yet another 
mm-hmm. aspect of privilege. Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. <laughs> like pockets. That, and it's like legitimately, it really is. And know? that's what it came down to with that dress this morning. I was like, this dress is very nice. I look lovely in it. And there are no pockets. Hmm. And today Alas. I wanted pockets. Get a fanny pack. I think you've mentioned this before. To Just me, get a fanny pack. Because, you know, they keep coming back, you know, and people always say, oh, man, look at that. He's wearing a fanny pack. Um, then it's like, boy, that sure is useful and handy <laughs> and convenient. And I do not wear one, but it's like you see them every once in a while still. You know, instead of a fanny pack, I have a small purse. That's right. And that also I does have a cheese job. bag. You have a cheese yeah, bag. I don't have it today, but. Uh, you have a bag of cheese. A bag, yeah. Yeah. It's a cabbage cheese bag. Ah, uh, well, Very I. Cool. I think I don't know the cages we find ourselves in is an interesting topic I think today we talked a lot about trying the door and opening the door and yeah. realizing you're in the cage and naming the cage um I think an entirely different conversation is how to recognize when you're in a cage in the first yeah. place yeah you know and that's certainly f- food for a podcast yeah for sure yes you know, but I, again, it's like I, I, I call the I call the prison in which these cages exist. Am I doing this right? Yeah. That's like that is the official name of that prison. Am I doing this right? Yeah. Well, I think right and wrong, right? Like that dichotomy based like consciousness, right? The idea that there is a good way and a bad way, yeah. a right way and a wrong way. Um Therein yeah. lies the trap. Yeah, and my 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 answer to that when when asked that question is who are you asking? That's true. Who gets to decide? Who, are you who asking? makes the rules? Who are you asking? Are you asking me? Who are you asking? What I do know is that we do not make up rules about when our campus closes. We don't. And we are recording this on campus, a campus that closes in four minutes. Yeah. So um, our schedule today is being dictated by uh, Ida. Yes. Ida is telling us when we're when we're done today. So. I think yeah. we're there. I think we're there. So, did we do this right? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> because however we do it, that's we did how it right. It that's how it went. So mm-hmm. that's how that went. So that's how that went. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks, Sherry. What a good one. Yeah, I agree. This was a lot of fun. I look forward to seeing how it goes next time. Me too. We'll see. Woo-hoo. And that's it, it. Already happened. We just have to wait for it to wait for it to show up. We just yeah. have to be patient. We get to, that's the fun part. We get to find out how it goes. Yeah, we're gonna be surprised as anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, participants for the first time. Yes, we wouldn't have known a year and a half ago that we'd be recording this one in my office while a hurricane was a coming. That's true, <laughs> but wasn't that true for all of them? <laughs> for all of them, especially yeah. March twenty twenty. There's a hurricane a coming, right? Uh, boy, there was. Boy, there was. Mm-hmm. Have a wonderful afternoon. You too. Stay safe. I shall, and with any luck, I might see you again tomorrow. Chances are. Cool. Awesome. See you, everybody. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a Paul podcast. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Yes. 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 Cool.